Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice of reason. It is Scott. Good morning, buddy. How are we doing this week? Good morning, Sam. We are doing well. We had one hell of a final battle last night. We will talk about that later on. But my God, what a what a week to... Sam, let's dive right into that news, see what's going on. Yeah, we will do that. But before we do that, make sure you listen to Scott's Raw Review, NXT Narrative, and SmackDown Study. They drop on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. Especially this week, so you don't want to miss it. NXT War Games had just come to pass. Scott watched it, live-tweeted it, told you his thoughts. Definitely give it a listen. Wild week. Mm. Wild week, Scott. Do you know what? You, you, sorry, I I like to build up the anticipation every time, especially this time of year. It's true. This time of year, folks. First and foremost, yes, this is going to be our second and last episode before the end of the year. Um, next week is our last episode of the year. We will talk about that uh, next week and our plans going into 2022. Mm. But Scott. Aside from it giving us our month break to relax and just kind of like decompress a little bit and just enjoy time with people. Why also do we like this time of year? Because I believe now we're only a few weeks away from Tokyo Dome. Yes, we are. The countdown continues, guys. (laughs) We are so close. And we have a little bit of news on that, I believe. But we're going to kick right off into some uncharted not even uncharted just stuff we don't cover anymore on these shows um jeff hardy boys and girls jeff hardy was released by wwe after a few weeks ago he just up and left house shows um he got released from my understanding he didn't have any i don't know if he had any drug or drinking problems my understanding he's fine per his wife uh, and Scott, you might know a little more about this. It sounds like he denied or declined going to rehab. Yes. Um, from from what I saw, it looks like he was having a really off day while he was on tour. Um, 
doing like live shows. So WWE decided to send him home. Um, I guess there was some internal discussion about what possibly could be happening. Obviously, we really don't know. Um, but yes, rehab was offered to Jeff. Jeff declined. So WWE said, all right, well, sorry, going to let you go. It's upsetting um, for a few surprising. reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, Jeff was getting some of the biggest pops during the shows. So it kind of makes me wonder if something had happened, if he had fallen off the wagon, um, then that's extra upsetting because they were kind of gearing him towards some type of push again. Um, if it wasn't that, and I, I mean, I've seen every explanation under the sun talking about what this could have been. Some people even going out and saying that he did this on purpose so that he could get released so that way he could sit at home for 90 days and then show up with his brother. I, I've seen that, you know, he was, you know, a mess during a show and, you know, he got fired afterwards. And it's who knows? We really, unless we're Jeff, unless we're the. You know, the higher ups of there to be, we don't know what happened. All I can do is, is hope for the best. If he needs help, I hope he's able to get it. Um, there was such an outpouring of support from WWE and former WWE talent on Twitter the last couple of days. So I just hope the man's okay. Uh, if he decides to wrestle again, I'm sure it's going to be great. And you know, it's going to be an AEW with his brother. Because the Hardys have to have one more run, because that's just how it works. It, but you know, I don't know. I just, it's just a sad situation all, all around. It is. It is. Um, I mean, he was doing pretty good from, uh, from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, after his last DUI or his last drinking uh, excursion, he seemed to be doing pretty well. And I hope he uh, does do what he needs to do, so he can get back in the ring sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll see him waltz over there with. Uh, couple of other good friends of ours, Mr. Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly, who are also now no longer contracted. Yep. Official free agents as of this week. This past week's NXT was a little emotional. emotional I didn't least. watch it, but I saw the photos. Yeah. Some good stuff. So I look forward to seeing what happens next. Unfortunately for both of them, they don't have the 90-day clause, so we don't know what's going to happen. I know Johnny's about to become a father for the first time in February, so who knows? He might be taking on some extended time. And if that's the case, God bless him. Let him have fun with his new family, and then who knows? Johnny Wrestling will show up somewhere, and wherever that happens, that place is instantly going to get one of the best performers in the world. Incredible. One of the best sellers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, God, I know. Um, other tragic news, semi-tragic news. Um, Chris Jericho on tour at Fozzie in the UK was hospitalized for a non-COVID-related issue. He is out of the hospital now. I don't really think they clarified. And if he prefers to keep it private, that's perfectly fine. But he canceled two tour dates. Um, glad he's better. Glad he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Or as healthy as he can be. So we can get more incredible promos from the champion himself. Mm. And the week keeps getting wild. Super wild. So first and foremost, it has been confirmed that Hard to Kill, Impact Wrestling, 
Josh Alexander is going to take on our boy, Jonah. Thick boy. I believe that's what, January 6th? I believe so. I didn't grab the date, but no, I th- yeah, it, this, there's a lot of stuff happening in the beginning of the year. And I'm like, ah, we might still be on sabbatical. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to, we're going to cover what we can. If not, we'll have to do maybe a big opening show for the year. Right. Oh, my God. That would be like Dump. a four-hour show. <laughs> I'm all about it. We'll yeah, it's true. Sam, Sam likes his long podcast. Like, he could sit back and listen to, like, people like Rogan for, like, over a, a matter of, like, four days. Me, I'm like, 20 minutes. All right, I'm uh, I'm done. <laughs> in, in two weeks, I got a 23-hour drive down to West Palm. And I'll tell you That's right true. now, the last time I did a long drive like that, I think I listened to, like, four of Rogan's podcasts. Right, and that's the thing. It's just four, and that covers twenty three hours. Yeah, you should listen. the The music I listen to helps as well because that's also long. Well, that that'll that'll keep you awake too. Siri put on "Thick as a Brick" by Jethro Tull twenty three times. <laughs> so, <clears throat> bringing this up about Jonah. Something was recently said. I don't know if this was in an interview, but it was an article I saw in What Culture where he wants to be the modern day Vader in New Japan. I can, I can see it. I can absolutely see it. <clears throat> He's like, a monster. Oh my God. Did you see? I think I might have sent this to you that the, the latest splash that he did in Impact and just the camera angles that they had from it made it look absolutely spectacular. It's amazing. I loved it so much. Yeah, he's. For me, definitely one of the major surprise releases from NXT this past year, and he's already doing fantastic things. Like I, I could definitely see him being world champion much sooner rather than later. Yeah, he has a lot of potential. This man, he's incredible. He just super talented, super talented. And with the other article you sent me, that oh, that was the tweet. From the president of New Japan, where they wanted to have ten matches each night at the Tokyo Dome, you know, there's room, there's room for him. That is very true. No room too thick, my friends. <laughs> um, on top of that, while we're t- while we're on the New Japan topic, we have the, and I believe this might have been, yeah. So on December fifteenth, we're gonna have the finals of the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi. And Yo, Yo from, uh, I think it was Rapongi 3K. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, could be wrong. See, this is where I need to be more familiarized. I think the winner of this also becomes like the number one contender at the Tokyo Dome for the junior heavyweight title. I think. I think that's how that works. Let's, it uh, should. I like that actually. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, they they, they have, how many tournaments a year do they have? I don't know. I need to watch more because Sam, you know how you you know my love for tournaments. I, yeah. I really need to to watch them more often. But hey, there's a thousand things I need to watch more often. But you know, life. Oh, I understand. I'm looking for this while we uh. Okay, yeah, the winner assumed that already the champion receives an opportunity to wrestle the junior heavyweight championship not long after the tournament is over. So, let's, for argument's sake, go to last year. 
The winner was Hiromu Takahashi. And when? Oh, no, that's 2021. You don't have any. Oh, my. Did he not wrestle? I'm curious about this. I'm going to have to do some digging on that. But it would make sense for them to go to the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, so the Tokyo Dome is like the ender of all feuds, the you know, fresh slate for the next year. And it makes sense that, you know, any tournament, stuff like that, the winner of that tournament should definitely get a shot at whatever title is deemed appropriate for that said tournament. Yeah, and I just saw something else that we need to talk about in two seconds. That's <laughs> shocking. All the news. I love it. Yeah, they don't say it on here. But at Wrestle Kingdom 16, I think it's a night two. There will be a stardom match. What? The sister promotion of New Japan Pro Wrestling owned by Joshi, Joshi Sports, I think. Um, yeah, this marks the fifth time stardom has been a part of a New Japan event. All right. Well, I'm happy that it's the fifth time. I was I was thought under the impression it would be the first time. So no, this is this is this is good. I well, like this it. marks the fifth time. January twenty, January fourth, and January fifth, twenty 2020 twenty, and twenty twenty one. So a Stardom Showcase match for live crowds in the Tokyo Dome. But I don't think they're on the card. Maybe the pre-show, pre-show the dark thinking. match or whatever. Um, September fourth and fifth star kickoff matches at Grand Slam. So this is all recent, anyways. Nice. I like it. Um, this is this because we get so enthralled with the Tokyo Dome. I've I've become very familiar with the product that you don't even think about the women's matches. You don't even think about oh yeah, there's no women in here except for like uh the uh the Tokyo Pimps uh Yujiro Takahashi's uh valet oh, or uh, Bia Priestley when she will come out with like the Empire. You kind of forget about it. You just like the the wrestling is so good, but now we're gonna see some stardom shit going on. Let's fucking go. Right? Ah, man. Just, just so hyped, Scott. Ugh. So hyped. So we're going to hop over to MLW. Um, and seeing that Ring of Honor is starting, you know, it's phasing out. And again, they will, they plan on doing another Super Card of Honor, I think, in April. But we don't, there's a lot of maybes still up in the air. Yeah. This could be a PWG kind of scenario where they just do shows that they either have to be at or you have to buy the DVD after. Right. You know, who knows what their plan is. Um, but MLW, um, they just had their fusion uh recent episode of Fusion. I guess they had new tag champs announced. If I'm looking at these articles, if they're up to date. Um yeah, five one five defeated Lost Parks, L.A. Park, and El Hito del L.A. Park in a Philly street fight. Now, I only bring up this event. This is kind of I, again we got to get into MLW because I know they also have your knockoff favorite brand, Azteca Underground. I really what? need to watch that. 
the shock in all of this was there was a singles match um, in which Enzo, formerly Enzo Amore, appeared, made his debut in MLW. I am looks a little. I don't. I say rag. Yo, his hair is longer. Beard yeah. still. I mean, he's he's Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably more Jack too, because I know he looked very scrawny in WWE. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it's taken him this long to do that. Well, I know he had some other projects, and then he was doing independent stuff for a little while. And but yeah, having I don't know if he signed or if he just had because I know that if I remember correctly that MLW is doing like an open door policy. You don't have to have a contract, but you're able to go in and have a match or two. So if that's what this is, then that's still fine. Um, I know Enzo in the past has had some issues with people. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but if he's come to play and actually going to wrestle or even hell, if he's even just going to talk on the mic, then I'm all for it. I was always a big fan of his, like, because I love people who could talk well on a mic. Yeah. And Enzo could run a circle around 99% of the people out there in wrestling. So I was always entertained by that. Huh? Is that you can't teach that? That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm glad to see him back again. MLW got to get my, 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 my hands in at some point. Oh, we could be going back and forth about that all over again. Um, Another little piece of news, um, Brett Lauderdale, uh, owner of the G- of GCW, there's an article out there you can find, said that he will not strip John Moxley of the GCW championship. Says he's going to be champion until somebody beats him. Um, he explained he won the gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it? That's really it? Just a sentence? I thought it was going to be a little more ex- exciting. Um, but he's, you know, he made this comment. I think it's a. Uh, I can see where talent backstage might get a little frustrated, but also like probably get a big pop when he uh, shows back up. Yeah, I mean it's always nice when you know someone who goes down for something that you know he's able to make a decision that you know he needs help, so he went out and got it. Um, I I do like this move that they're not going to strip him of the title. You know it's. He's going out getting help. It's not like, you know, he's getting in trouble or anything. So I, I do applaud this move. And I'm sure that once he comes back, yeah, like you said, that first pop is going to be insane. Yeah. Him, Kenny, next year. Let me tell you, the, the, the returns we'll have next year are going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So we're going to get right into this. We have some really cool um, – Trying to cover as much as possible for you guys. We're going to start with NWA Power. Uh, this was on the 8th. I had a problem finding this. I'm going off of cagematch.com.net. Um, I'm going to start here with your weekly uh, results. There was a six-man tag me where the Fixers uh, defeated uh, the OGK and Victor Benjamin. Uh, Tom Latimer defeated Miguel Robble- Robles. That sounds weird. Uh, Genocide defeated Paola Blaze, Jack Stain defeated Mims, and then the British Invasion of Doug Williams and Nick Aldis defeated Hawks Erie, which is Luke Hawks and PJ Hawks. Quick, uh, quick review on NWA. Oh, 
Speaking of which, Scott, we have new YouTube content coming out in 2022. Yes. For NWA. I'm so excited for this. Oh, oh my God. Too. To be able to sit back and watch some more NWA again. Yes, I'm I'm all for it. I will definitely make that time. Hopefully it's at 6.05 again because, yes. Turner time. Uh, up next, we have the results from New Japan Strong this week. Um, what I like about these hour shows is it gives you just enough wrestling. It's not over. It's not flooded. It's just like just enough where you want more, but you you know that extra hour might be dragging. Um, so here we had Jonathan Grisham defeat Gabriel Kidd. Um, United Empire of Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and TJP defeated the LA Dojo of Ren Narita, Carl Fredericks, and Clark Connors. And then there was a never openweight championship match with Tomohiro Ishii defeating and retaining the title against Brody King. Mm. Which I feel like that's something that needs to be watched. Mm. Uh, hopping over to Thursday night, the night we don't get to watch anymore. Impact. Uh, open about Chris Saban, Mickey James took on Matthew Reinhold and Deanna Perrazzo with Reinhold and Perrazzo getting the win, as expected. As they should. Uh, All hail. Okay. We are definitely out of the loop, Scott. It was a no contest in the next match where Rohit Raju took on not Larry D, but Lawrence D. Uh-oh. What have we missed now? We've missed a lot, I bet you, Sam. I bet you that's a wrestle house thing. Probably. <laughs> um, Finn Juice took on and defeated the Learning Tree, VSK, and Ziggy Dice. Uh, there was a street fight between Rhino and Eric Young. Ooh, this looks like a fire episode of Impact. Mm. An eight-person tag match, Decay and the Inspir- Decay versus the Inspiration and the Influence. With Decay defeating both uh, team. Wait a minute, am I, am I looking at that right? Yeah, the Inspiration is the Iconics. Yeah, no, no, I'm just like looking at the numbers here. Was it two eight on four? T- no, it was an eight-person. Then who else has joined Decay that are female? Nobody. It was Decay. That's a weird inter- Oh, that's right. I, I keep forgetting Impact does intergender wrestling. <laughs> yeah, because I was like looking. I'm like, am I looking at this this picture correctly? Like, like the card here? I'm like, that's the inspiration, and that's Madison Rain. And Tennille Dashwood. Yep. I'm like, and that's Havoc, and that's Rosemary, and that's Black Taurus, and that's Crazy Stee. I'm like, am I missing something? And I'm like, no. This makes sense. This is Impact. And then... They need to get a better television deal, Sam. They need it. They do. need to watch it again. Well, you'll be a little upset to know that this main event happened then. Um, the main event was Matt Cardona taking on W. Morrissey Ooh. with Matt Cardona winning via disqualification. Shocker. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Beating Morris to clean would have been one hell of a victory. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> hard to kill. Hard to kill is coming up. I don't know if we're going to be able to cover that this year because of how early in the year it is, and I will not be around. Yep. But Scott might treat you if, you know, he decides, hey, 
I want to watch this. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we can't make promises. <laughs> but we can make you this promise Wednesday night. Great episode of Dynamite. Let's get right into this. The opening half hour of the show was incredible. Scott's words to me in the middle of this show, or in the middle of this bit, he goes, this is the Attitude Era. Yep. (laughs) Just the fan reaction was just, it brought me back to that time. And I'm just like, man, this is such good shit. (laughs) Especially, so the crazy thing here is like, we have the story of somebody from their hometown wrestling and the crowd's excited this person's a heel so you're going to expect them to cheer him on anyways and the music kicks in and the place blows up but cm punk comes out and i don't think i've ever since he's come back have heard him get booed especially like this this may have been one of the loudest this was louder than a cody get the fuck out of here boo yeah, it was just just have him come out and just soak it in once the crowd realized it wasn't MJF. And then him just, oh, my God, it was great. And then he just rags on everything Long Island, including the Islanders. Specifically the Islanders. Which was great. Because um, they hadn't won a match or a match. They hadn't won a game in their brand new arena since they started. They were 0-7. Funny thing enough, uh, this morning I was actually on Twitter before we got on. The Islanders actually won their first game last night, and CM Punk tweets, "I'm a motivational speaker." <laughs> the the Chris Farley skit, um, where he's living in a van down by the river. I I I lost it. I was laying in bed, just dying laughing. I'm like, this is outstanding. Such great heel work, and he's not even a heel. It was incredible. He just un. I, I don't I, what's what's to say it was just like he the promo was great um and then right right into the diamond battle royale mm. which was pretty good you and I I think even before the match I'm like yo it's gonna be I thought it was gonna be Leo Rush or Dante Martin was gonna be in the end of this actually I thought at one point it'd be both of them because imagine imagine how that feud would have gone yep off the bat but we got a surprise here. Nice little swerve at the end. Where Dante Martin, you know, ripped everything off and attacked. Uh, we throw out Ricky Starks. Yes, sir. He threw out Ricky Starks and, you know, Taz bullshit the rest of the night. <laughs> he oh, was, too. It also, was great. Also, never even realized Frankie Kazarian was in this match until he got eliminated. Yeah. I'm just like, I was like, oh, Frankie. Kaz- wait a minute. Wait, wait, he was in this. What? What? I totally missed something there. Yeah. So now it's going to be Dante and MJF. MJF going for a three-peat. Naturally, he was going to be one of the last two remaining, because obviously. Um, but next week, I think Dante wins. I think so. That's just my thought. Unless MJF gets dirty with Team Taz. I mean, that's also possible, too. But, yeah, I think I 
again, long-term storytelling, I don't know. But for me, and I think you're, you're on the same page as I, it makes sense for Dante to win this one. Yes. It's time to, to continue strapping that rocket to his back. And it was cruel. It was cool at the end where Ricky Starks is attacking him. Mm. And MJF's walking down and he almost has this like at one moment you're like, he's gonna he's is he gonna do this? Yeah. Really? Is this gonna happen? And he, you're sitting there, he's like, he's a fucking heel. Beyond yep. believing in CM Punk right now. There's no way. Yep. Goes in the ring. Looks at Ricky, and then they both attack him. And I'm like, that, yep. yeah, I love that so much. I, I love like how MJF's face was when he's walking up the ramp. He's like, ah, should I go? Nah, nah, nah. He walks up to the top of the ramp. He's like, ah, all right, let's go. Then he runs down the crowd, explodes. Everything's all excited. He runs in the ring. I think he shoved Ricky Starks. And then he looks at Dante and then immediately just pounds on him. <laughs> Ricky starts kicking, the whole crowd goes crazy, and then Punk comes back out. Crowd immediately boos CM Punk. Like, I love this. Like, he's immediately, like, <laughs> undesirable number one in Long Island. This is great. Yeah, Just no. Booing no. the shit out of him. And MJF runs away. But, yeah, this match next week is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And then up that next, we had a... Uh... A pretty entertaining tag match. Jurassic Express and Varsity Blondes taking on the acclaimed in 2.0. I want to point out before we talk about this match. Cool to see Varsity Blondes again. Yes. Always always great. Both both him and Griff. Both um, Pillman and Griff. Great in the ring. Great in ring talent. Mm. Nothing to say about Jurassic Express. That hasn't been said already. It's true. 2.0 we don't see enough of. Agreed. And that's a fact of life. There was something you tweeted a couple months ago, Scott. We like, I don't think the acclaims can make me like them anymore. And I hate to say that. There's something of bits. Because for a long time, we weren't really fond of the acclaim. We're just like, oh. But their in-ring ability has gotten really good. Also, if you're looking at his raps and going, oh, they're bad, he shouldn't be doing that, and not understanding that they're intentionally supposed to be bad. It's true. You're missing. I'm curious what the (laughs) – the line that got me, and we don't have to get into it. The line that just got me, he made a comment about the Cuomos in his rap. And I rolled so hard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah, for a while, like, you're right. For a while, a lot of his raps were just like, this is hot garbage. Like, not even trying to be bad hot garbage. It was just hot garbage. And then he said that. One thing that he shouldn't have said, then he went away for a while, came back, and now it's just been, it's been pretty much fire. So every time I hear that music and the, yo, I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> this should be fun. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it, 
laughed my ass off. It was very top. That was the other thing too. He tries to be topical, very topical. Um, but overall, this was a fun match to watch. You know, mm. um, I love how I, I always get. I, I don't know why I get so excited when 2.0 comes out of nowhere, and it's like, oh yeah, 2.0 are gonna be wrestling, or we got an interview with 2.0, and I'm like, yes, I need to hear both of them on the because they're all they're great in the ring. They're also again, those two are great on the mic. Yes. Um, but Jurassic Express and Jurassic Blondes obviously got the defeat over them. Uh, we up next had another tag match. The Young Bucks taking on Rocky Romero, Rocky Romero and Chuck Taylor. Which was pretty exciting in itself. Um, the Young Bucks defeated Taylor and uh, Romero. But, you know, the Bucks weren't done doing what they were doing. But we, uh, somebody's minivan drove up. So does it, I, I don't think I've been so excited to see a minivan show up on a television show in a very long time. Maybe if ever. But by God, Sue and Trent are back. Brenda losing all his hair. Shaved it all off. I'm like, okay, but you're back. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, really. Uh, it was exciting. It was exciting. A lot to do with Rocky Romero. You know. Um, we've had Tomohiro Ishii, we're having Rocky, just waiting, Scott, I got the, the thing of gasoline in my garage ready to go. Just waiting for that coin drop. Um, then up next we had Rio and Jamie Hayter taking on each other with Rio defeating Hayter. This was great. This is another good match. I, I actually enjoyed this one. I like the build that they're doing for Rio. Um, with Britt and Jay, Jamie Hader is no slouch in the ring. No. Very entertaining, like you said. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was good. It was good. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the coming, you know, weeks when this tournament comes to an end, as well as, you know, this title match. We, we, it's crazy. At Winter is Coming, we have. Uh, we still have Serena Deeb taking on Hikaru Shida. Yep. That's been a great feud. Great feud, great matches. Like, I keep, like, it comes out of nowhere. And maybe they're doing stuff on Dark and Elevation. But, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, they're taking on each other again. And I'm like, what? Did I miss something? But also, the spacing them out really well. It's not like, oh, you're getting them again. The next the week. Next week. And then the week after. And the week after. But this time in a six-man tag. Oh, okay. okay. And then the solo again the following week. No! I'm like, what is this? WWE universe mode? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. So, it was good. I'm trying to think if there was any other promos that we missed that I thought were really good. Yes. Coming out on Rampage, Taz had himself... A lovely little announcement. It's time to send Hook. Yes, yes, we had Hook's debut, which we will we will talk about. Yes, um, we will talk about that shortly. We also had the announcement in February. Was it March? I don't know anymore. I think it's March sixth in Orlando. Revolution. 
Yes. Scott, I can't believe we're talking about Revolution 3 right now. No. I love that this company is is doing well. It's just it's real nice to see. Really. Sunday, March 6th. Uh, another Sunday. See, I, I've been, I'm getting used to Saturday pay-per-views. Uh, man, it's going to be a late, late uh, re... <laughs> that's yeah, it's going to be, be a late record. Late, late record for that one. <laughs> but <clears throat> let's talk about this exciting main event. Oh, my God. Brian Danielson taking on John Silver. I want I, I there's always a method to the madness here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like each member of the Dark Order who has wrestled Brian Danielson may have had this may in some ways be one of their best singles matches they've ever had. Oh, I agree. I think this is also a good way to showcase that team single handedly. Yep. And they look great. Let me tell you, yep. John Silver. Probably one of my favorite members of the Dark Order. Uh, this was a fun match to watch. It was. I love, first of all, seeing John Silver in the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Danielson deserves to be there always. But, you know, like you said, a good way to showcase the majority of the Dark Order. I think the only person he didn't wrestle was 10. He didn't wrestle 10? I don't think he wrestled... Um... Oh, Alex. Alex Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see that too. Th- those two matches as well at some point. Obviously, probably not with this storyline because next week is the championship match. And I expect this one to burn the house down. I don't care if winter's coming or not. There's going to be an inferno going on during this match. I am upset that they changed the poster on this one. Really, I was looking forward to Wangman. No, yeah, yeah, no on, more Wangman. Uh, Danielson. <laughs> but this was this was good you know john silver obviously got the w let me get the l i was gonna say yeah no i i thought he said silver from went wow okay i need to sleep this was enjoyable danielson killer promo at the end saying he's gonna do he did everything that he said he was gonna do and he's gonna do the same thing next week He's going to stomp the cowboy shit out of you. I was like, that's look what a line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danielson. And I, I, I know we say it every week. Danielson, he, this may be one of the best, if not the best run he's ever had in his career. This is peak Brian Danielson. Yeah. That's, that's no joke. And I know there's a lot of people out there listening. like, well, I guess you didn't watch him when he wrestled the first time in WWE. Sure. I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. I'm very familiar with that time. And I've watched a lot of it. But notice how I said this is peak Brian Danielson. Uh-huh. Not Daniel Bryan. Yes. Yeah. Separate yeah. those two. <laughs> Gotta remember, Brian Danielson's been wrestling for years. It's true. He is. He's not a WWE guy as much as people want to say. I think people forget that. Oh. I, I hate that moniker. You know, you're a I WWE know. guy. It's like, well, there's only been one company pretty much for 20 years. Yep. So, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you you want to talk about WWE guys? You look at John Cena. You look at Randy Orton. You know, you can Batista, look at Batista, Triple H, The Rock. Yes, there are there are WWE guys. 
Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson is not one of them. If anything, he's an ROH guy, and we'll talk about that after the after Rampage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that needs to be pointed out here while we're ha- on the discussion. Um, I can make the argument the only reason that WWE was really good, like two thousand and eight, to like even now. Even now, most of their best talent is from Ring of Honor. Yep. They're not WWE guys. Right. Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Uh, you have... Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. I, I almost said Tyler Black for some reason. Well, I um, mean, that's what he was then. You know. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. You know, right now, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, Ring yep. of Honor guys. Even, even most of NXT was Ring of Honor. Yep. I think the only top star that really wasn't was maybe AJ because AJ was, you know, he was Impact. Samoa Joe would be another but one. But he did wrestle a lot in Ring of Honor as he well. He did, yes. Him, yes, Samoa Joe, correct. Christopher Daniels. Yep. Oh, yeah, he's not. He never wrestled in WWE. Oh, like a dark match on Heat once. Yeah. But So <laughs> I'll have to say about we, – we, we, we've dedicated time today to talk about Final Battle, guys. So yep. just a couple more moments with us, and we will get right into it. So, yeah, we had AW Rampage, which I watched just before we recorded this, Scott, so I made sure I was up to date. Beautiful. Good good episode. Good episode. It was. Um, opening match, Lucha Brothers defending the AW tag titles against FTR. And obviously our boys retained. What's cool about this, there was a good mix here. A really good mix. You know, obviously FTR was doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But early on in the match, you saw the Lucha Brothers stoop down to the FTR level where they were grappling a lot yeah good mat wrestling from a luchador luchador talent which makes them that much better yep um there's a whole bit with the belt in the middle which was kind of cool you know i was like oh yeah yo they're gonna win and then they hit the lucha i'm like this is not happening yep yeah they um they did a really good job to get the crowd back into this because this was taped after dynamite so the crowd obviously tired after a really good episode of Dynamite. These guys brought him right back. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So great. The the tag team wrestling is back with this company. That's like my fit one of my favorite things. Which is funny because back, you know, when I did get back into wrestling, for some reason the tag t- tag Matches and WWE were the ones that were like, it depended on the tag team. It was like Usos, New Day, yeah. awesome. Yep. The Bar, surprisingly awesome. Then you're like, oh, we got the Singh Brothers. Or the Colognes. And you're like, I didn't even realize the Colognes were still signed with this company. Whoever did. The, the, the funny part of it is, their theme song at the end when they went heel outside of that stupid gimmick they had where they were trying to sell timeshares was really awesome. And I never got to hear it. And it made me very sad. It's another reason why I'm glad I kept WWE uh, 2K19 because they, they're still in the game and I get to listen to that theme when I want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was an awesome, awesome match. We also had another really good match. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ty J taking on Penelope for the Bunny and Nyla Rose. Um, 
yeah, what's I mean, this was this was this was done really well, I thought. Um, I believe Nyla Rose got the pin on that. Um yes. But they're really putting some heat against uh, Ruby going to that uh, TBS tournament match. Yes, yeah, with Ruby and um, Nyla. That should be... I I still don't know who's going to win that. I mean, I know we're we're fully on the, you know, Jade or uh, Thunder Rosa. Rosa winning. But I don't know. This could be very interesting. I kind of hope Ruby wins. Finds a way to get a sneaky pin on Nyla because Nyla's been in the title picture and the crowd is not a f- really big fan of her. So I don't know. We'll see. That would be interesting. Oh, you have Nyla win, and like you said, she's already held the title, and then she loses to whoever wins the other one. It kind. I feel like if Nyla wins, Jade's gonna win, and then we're gonna have those two beasts go after one another. But they're both heels. Right. So I guess the I, okay. But they've had, they've had issues with one another, so it would make sense for them to fight each other for a title. Okay. But okay. then of course, of course, how you go with the heel face thing, which is AW's done actually done a really good job at that, keeping it pretty separated between who's a heel, who's a face. So yeah, like I said, it, it's kind of like up in the air. I don't know who's gonna win either one of these matches, and I actually like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, logically speaking, if you looked at it from like a black and white perspective, it would either be the final would be Ruby Soho taking on Jade Cardgill or Nyla Rose taking on Thunder Rosa. Right. And it might not be that. It might be Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa. I yeah, two faces, and and they have history too. So it's like, but they've gone like the Ring of Honor route, where it's like you know, yeah, we can do two faces wrestling each other. You know, they do the you know the Code of Honor. They shake hands, they go at it. And then they hug it out at the end. Very perfect. I I love that. It's always difficult with heel versus heel. Some days. It's true. Um, the only the only feud I can really think not that it was he it was like anti hero versus anti hero. You know, The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. You know, were they were either of them really ever phases in during that time period? Anti heroes. Yeah. That's what yeah. the people wanted then. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, then we had the debut match of Hook taking on Fuego del Sol. My first thought, I was a little concerned about this. So I saw the ESPN stuff coming in, you know, Hook uh, looks so good, this and that. And I'm like, I'm like, who'd he wrestle? They didn't mention and no article mentioned who he wrestled. So I'm like, then he went, you know, oh, he's gonna wrestle Fuego. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it's gonna be a squash, but okay. Because that's what I figured. Boy, that wasn't the case. No. First and foremost, before we get into the 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 the, the prime subject here, this definitely showed off Fuego's potential. He looked great. Yes. Yeah. Did he do the job? He did the job, but he didn't. Again, he didn't look like a jobber doing it. Correct. He looked very professional. Very. He's very talented. Very. very he is. Talented. I'm very happy he's there. And Hook first. Match. I don't think he's wrestled ever. Ever. And no, I believe I believe he's you are correct. Judo and whatnot. Um. 
how old is he? He's not even that old. He's 22. Yeah, so he's 22. This is his first match. He looked like a pro. He looked real good. I, I yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not going to like go overboard how a lot of people have been because it's his first match. Yes, he did amazing work, technical work. He he looked real good. I also I, I do love how Taz was both excited for his son and yet still professional about his, watching his son wrestle his first match. Mm-hmm. Especially being the heel, you know, kind of like yeah, it, it worked. The dynamic worked really well, and we talk about pillars of building a new company. Some days you're like, okay, yeah, you know, this is just a father giving his son the in in the industry. But in some cases, it's like, I mean, again, we'll go back to The Rock. The Rock was the son of Rocky Johnson. Yep. Um, his grandfather was a wrestler. Yeah, and maybe it looked like that at first. Like, oh, it's just another privileged former wrestler's son getting a chance to be in the ring. But again, we know how the, the Rock story is gone. Yeah, well, he might be he might be the most popular, most famous, and richest wrestler to ever exist. And I, th- you know, I'm not gonna say Hook's gonna do the same thing, but like his debut was very spectacular. It was, it was like, done real well. I love the little nuances where he gets in the ring in the first thing. After Fuego's already in there, he literally just puts his back to him, like the disrespect. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward. He could be another future pillar as well. Could be. I definitely want to see more. Um, you know, I hope this is not just a one-hit wonder. I, a, a lot of these things obviously have to do with their opponents. Fuego can make anybody look like a billion dollars, but who knows the next person he faces doesn't do so well. Who knows? We'll see. I got an idea for you, Scott. I'm going to pitch this right now. Fantasy booking. <laughs> There's a lot of younger talent that's really good. Yes. Really good. We don't get to see enough of A lot of them are pretty young. What if AEW held a super card where it only showcased new talent or up-and-coming talent under a certain age? So, like, I'll throw it out there. Like, looking at everybody involved, well, that's tough because some of them are pushing that age. All newer talent under the age of, like, 30. I was going to say 25, but I know, like, MJF is, like, pushing 25. So it gives you a chance. It's, like, Darby, MJF, Jungle Boy, Dante Martin, Hook, um, Lee Moriarty. um, You have more Ty Conti, uh, Red Velvet. You know, you, you are able to showcase the newer faces. I like it. I think that I think would be very beneficial um, to the new kids. Definitely get them a lot more exposure. I know a lot of these people are already on television, already doing great things. But you could even dig deeper into that. You know, people we haven't really seen a lot. Those people who are buried on, um, not really buried, but right now they're they're on dark and dark elevation. You know, pull in some new faces, see what happens, and see if you strike gold. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you sit there and like put a lot of focus on. I mean, you could even do it with general talent too. You know, talent you don't see who are still older. 
Because there's a lot of older talent out there still that hasn't made its break where they should. Right. But this newer talent that has more time on the on the clock, you can showcase them. And maybe I mean, look what happened to um, Daniel Garcia. Like he's come out of nowhere. True. True. It's like any time, like he just, or even Dante Martin. I mean, Dante Martin's kind of been there, but he's also like. He's come. He's he's a big name now. He is. I know. It's how it's it's weird if he's not on an episode of Dynamite. It is true. Yeah. Like I remember when him and, and Darius came in, and I'm just like, oh, cool, another young tag team. This is this should be good. And they were both doing real well. And then obviously Darius got injured, and I'm like, oh, what? And, and, and of course, my brain went to like how WWE standards are. If you're in a tag team and one of your partners gets injured, you're gone. Like you'll you will sit on the sideline until your partner's healed. It's not what they did here with Dante. Dante went in and immediately just started blowing shit up, and now he's a mainstay in the main event, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and I think it would be I think it'd be kind of cool, kind of beneficial, something really exciting to. And yeah, like I said, you can do it with the older talent. Like we Wheeler Yuta's an up and coming face too, but he's thirty three. Yeah. So you could do something like Wheeler Yuta. You could do something with, you know, um, and I don't know what the criteria would be at that point. Just I just think, you know, if you put these, not that I don't like what we're seeing now, but like the opportunity to be like, hey, we're going to just showcase new people. Yeah. You know, people who are here that exist. I don't know. Just throwing ideas out there, Scott. Tony, if you're listening, that's uh, above the ring idea. <laughs> Now, we had another awesome, um, you know, main event. I can't even call main events because I think we figured out at this point that the main event on every one of these shows is the opener. It's true. So, Adam Cole taking on Wheeler Yuta. I want to point something out here. really want to point something out here. So, when they're on the screen, and both teams are side by, you know, doing the the – the thing with Mark Henry. And they're doing a little back and forth. Trent says, hey, shouldn't this promo be about me because I came back? And then they start kind of like bickering. But, and then Wheelie Yuta steps in and what that. And he calls Adam Cole, baby. And Adam Cole loses his shit. I want to point out the Trent thing. Because also when they come out. I Trent looked a little awkward when Wheelie Yuta went to go like fist bump at me. Just looked... Looked a little odd. He was just like, "Are are you are you planting seeds for for Trent turning on his best friends?" I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, Wheeler Yuta came into the picture after Trent got injured. That is very true. Originally, it was obviously Trent Beretta and. Chucky e. T. Actually, now I gotta. Now I'm curious. Hold a second. Folks, bear with me because I need to make sure I'm confirming what I'm. This so, might be a short-lived thing, then, potentially. Interesting. Because now you're talking about potential chaos within chaos within the best friends. Mm-hmm. Nope, Trent. Trent is Trent is also a member of Chaos. Trent was the first member of Chaos from this group, and then everybody else was 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 brought in. 
He's been in there a long time. Been a while, yeah. 2013. Toriyanu and Tomohiro Ishii are the longest members, going to April 23rd, 2009. Wow. Okada has only been in there since 2012, but Trent was in there in 2013. So it's so the much, 20th. So much chaos. So much chaos. So much chaos. But no, that's interesting. I actually, I, I heard him when he said that, but I didn't see the entrance part. I might have been tweeting something, but that's interesting. Yeah, if you go back and watch, he looked a little awkward when he went to go do the fist bump. So there could be some chaos within chaos. Mm. I mean, that would make sense since the group's name is Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe there's only one person who can keep that chaos united. It's true. But before uh, I, I could ramble about that all day. Um, <laughs> so Adam Cole took on a wheel. You, Wheeler Yuta. Yuta always looked incredible. Cole looks incredible. Great match. Um, Cole got the win. As expected, baby. For like the back half of this match, I really feel like this was not really Adam Cole versus Wheeler Yuta. This was Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah. He was taunting him so hard. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's going to be the next feud, I'm all for it because this, yeah, that's going to be amazing. But I felt like there was a lot of disrespect towards Wheeler Yuta here (laughs) because Adam Cole just kept doing things and then turning towards Orange Cassidy. It's like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. It, it was funny because I noticed he was doing the kicks at one point. I'm like, wow, he's taunting Cassidy. That better be a pay-per-view match. Oh, yeah. Maybe. It better work. be. Revolution. Yep. Yeah, but this was a good week. We got winners coming. Good card. Stacked card on that one. Agreed. But. But. We're going to talk about something I think that needs to be talked about. Scott surprised me. I was at a Friendsgiving. Let me tell you. Side note. The word Friendsgiving. I don't like it. No? And I like I like friends. Don't get me wrong. But Friendsgiving, it sounds – it's something about that doesn't sit well with me. Okay. It's weird. Maybe it's a millennial thing. Maybe it's like, a, oh, we're all friends. Just It's a fucking Thanksgiving with your friends. Thanks, Scott. I don't know. People like combining things into two. You know how this works now. You know when people are dating, they they combine their names. So this is the same and thing. And Facebooks, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Trust issues, red flags. So, final battle took place this weekend. Yes, sir. In Baltimore, the end of an era. Scott, like I said, surprised me. I even like like he was tweeting and he was like Sam this show's incredible like, what do you mean what show you I'm like you got it didn't you he's like yeah he was like excited I was on the fence about this for like the last few days it was just like ah oh, it might be the final ROH show do I want to get it then I thought about it and said well maybe there'll be some surprises and that could always be fun and then I was you know just going on Twitter around like I don't know six six thirty last night on saturday just looking at different things and i came across a few people that i i trust upon when it comes to sources and stuff like that and they were like oh there's some interesting names here tonight 
this could be an interesting show. I'm like, all right, so <laughs> bought it and boy, did I enjoy. Definitely worth the 30 bucks I paid. Definitely worth it. Yeah. And this was like, like I said, you know, as I'm, as I'm seeing things coming in, I did, I did kind of keep it, keep an eye on Twitter. Certain things. Um, this, this seemed like it was like the last nitro. I will always compare it to the, like the last nitro. Still a lot of uncertainty. Like we said, there's going to be a super card of honor. They're saying in April, but we still don't know. They, they, they really haven't clarified what they're doing. Yeah. But I think there's a lot being planted here. There is. Yeah, there definitely was. <laughs> so let's let's get it out of the way, Scott. I think first and foremost, uh, the big thing that one of the big things that happened was they had all throughout the night, you know, thank you, Ring of Honor videos from talent all over the globe. Yep. Um, I know. Obviously, the Young Bucks was a big one that came up. Yep. Um. Oh man, I don't wish I had it. Wish I had that listed. I had a uh, list let's earlier. See, uh, was uh trying to remember all of them. Um. We had Jimmy Jacobs, we had uh, Hangman Adam Page, we had uh, CM Punk, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, The Bucks. Um, oh, I got the list. No, yeah, that's the card. Trying to think of who else. But yeah, it was it was nice to see a lot of AW talent there to help uh, to um, to give their thanks. Obviously, Impact as well. Eddie Edwards was another one. Um, but yeah, no WWE guys. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they did tweet out. Some of them did tweet out a few things uh, or Instagram and whatnot. So there were some people out there thanking, but it would have been nice to see them. But obviously, we all know how that works out. But yeah, it was it was nice. Um, I'm a little upset that I missed the pre-show. Uh, apparently, that started at seven. I did get a notification on uh, my Facebook about it, but. I thought it was just going to be like a video. I didn't realize there were three matches that I missed. So, yeah, in my understanding, I think the ten uh, the ten man tag was uh, guest commentated by Don Housen. Yes, very evil, very, very evil. evil. <laughs> uh, so I'll go through the pre pre show matches. I'm going to kick this over to Scott because Scott was the only person who, uh, you know, Scott live tweeted and actually watched it. Um. <sighs> So the opening pre-matches, we had The Righteous, which was uh, Vincent, uh, Bateman, and Dutch taking on Shane Taylor promotions of Con Moses and O'Shea Edwards. And that's for – oh, the Ring of Honor six-man tag team. I forgot they have a six-man tag. I know. Uh, I did too. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Miranda Elise in the Allure uh, defeated Chelsea Green in the Hex. And then PJ Black, Flip Gordon, and Brian – Milana's Beer City Bruiser and World Famous CB defeated LSG, Sledge, Maxi Impaler. It goes under that name now. I'm like, who's World Famous CB? I covered over it. It's Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> um, defeated LSG, Sledge, Maxi Impaler, Demonic, Flamita, and Will Ferrara. Ferrara. And that was the pre-show. Scott, let's... uh. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes here. So like our, our first our first match of the night was Dragon Lee taking on Ray Horace. Now, 
I'll be honest, a lot of uh, about 50% of this card, I actually had never watched these guys wrestle before. So I knew going into it that it would be an interesting experience. Um, it's like going to a new, you know, local promotion that you've never seen before. So it's like you don't know some of the names. But I was real impressed by both these guys. Uh, they, uh, the one thing I, I do love about ROH is that they dig into into people's pasts. And they talk about, like, um, their connections with one another. They explain things. Like, like during another match, they were explaining why there are ladders underneath the ring. Like, it's like, we need to change light bulbs sometimes, guys. I'm just like, that's a perfect explanation. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> why else would you need them? Exactly. So Dragon Lee gets the big win here in, in the first match. And, I mean, this was, you know, a hair over 11 minutes. And I was like, I wanted this to go longer. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Uh, we then went on to a four-corner survivals match for the ROH World Cha- uh, Television Championship. It was uh, Dalton Castle defending the title versus Rhett Titus, who's been there forever. I remember watching Rhett Titus when I first started watching ROH a long time ago. I'm like, holy shit, he's still here. Um, Silas Young, who's another one that I, I that I did remember. And then Joe Hendry, I right as I stopped watching um, or stopped having the opportunity to watch uh, ROH, Joe was just about to come in. Um, apparently, he came in, wrestled a little bit right before the pandemic, and then disappeared for two years. <laughs> but he came in and had this match. Fantastic match. Rhett Titus defeating all three men and becoming the quote-unquote, final ROH world television champion. Uh, So that was a big win for him. We then had another type of match that I've never seen. Um, Either that or I was so young that I didn't remember it, but it was a battle for the ROH Pure Championship. Now, the Pure Championship rules are a little different. You have a 60-minute time limit, and they actually show the clock. You are only allowed to have three uh, rope breaks. After the third, it doesn't matter. If you're somebody trying to submit you, you can you, you can tap out and while in the ropes. You're only allowed one closed hand punch. Uh, there were some other rules too that they they didn't really dig into, but I was like amazed by like these subtle changes made this match so much better. Uh, it was Josh Woods taking on Brian Johnson. Um, Johnson uh, coming out with his persona of Mecca versus everybody, and it was it was great. Like he came out, he had this great promo thanking like a whole bunch of legends uh, from ROH, and he said all of it didn't matter because I'm the Mecca, and it's just like oh, what a great heel promo. Um, but this match was heavy hitting. Um, Brian Johnson using two of his rope breaks within the first minute and a half of this match. And I'm just like, ooh, intriguing. I like this. He ends up using his third one later on, but Josh Wood's able to grab him in, I believe, was it a, was a front-facing chokehold while in the ropes Brian Johnson couldn't do a damn thing about it, and he ends up passing out. Match ends. Josh Woods retains his title. I was like, 
I'm I'm angry because I want to see more of these matches. Apparently, John Grisham was the one who brought this title back. And so now I'm just like, well, now I need to go back and watch like the last, I don't know, three years of ROH to see what's happening here. Which, to my understanding, to my understanding, he brought it back. So I wonder if that's what he's going to be doing with his new promotion. Maybe. I mean, he's not, he, obviously he's not the champion now, but when he was, I think he held it for over a year, I believe they said. Uh, I'm just, I I would like to see these types of matches more often. Yeah. Um, but matches that I have seen in the past and matches that I, I, I thoroughly love more are fights without honor. This match, Shane Taylor of Shane Taylor Promotions taking on Kenny King. Now, obviously, I didn't know much about the history of these two. They had a beautiful opening package explaining exactly what was going on. And then I'm just like, give me. I want this. And this match was a fucking war. Holy shit. Uh, At one point, towards the very end, they were fighting on top of a ladder. And the ladder was positioned between the apron and the barricade. Kenny King's on one end, Shane Taylor's on the other. And Shane kind of like waves over to the, the the young boys that are running around and he's like, hold this ladder. <laughs> so I'm like, oh God, like Shane Taylor is not a small man. Yep. By any. And they're fighting and they're beating the crap out of each other. And then he puts Kenny King into a package pile driver, jumps up, the ladder gives. He he effectively pile drove he pile drove Kenny King's head into the bear, uh, into the concrete below from probably a good five six feet. Like I leapt off my couch because I thought Kenny King was dead. <laughs> and like it, this match was out, it was ridiculous. I know, like, like Sam, you said you didn't see this, but when you when you have the opportunity, if you want to buy it, because uh, I believe it's probably still available, or if they have the DVD, this match for me, best fight of the night, best wrestling match of the night comes a little later, but this was the best fight of the night, and I loved it so much. Shane Taylor does end up getting the victory after the match. You know, the rest of uh, Shane Taylor production uh, promotions comes down to the ring. They're all celebrating. And then he gets a jersey, puts it on Kenny King, and they have, like, this big embrace at the end. So I'm just like, all right, well, obviously all their their, their problems are done. Sometimes you're just going to beat the shit out of one another, and then, then you're fine. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was just amazing. Um, we then had... Uh, uh, a singles match for the ROH Women's World Championship. Uh, it was Roxy taking on and defeating Willow Nightingale. Um, I'd seen Willow wrestle in uh, Massachusetts when I still lived down there, and she was fantastic then. She's equally as awesome now. This was the first time I've actually ever seen Roxy wrestle, and um, yes, this woman is a star in the making now best part about this was after this match and i think this might have been where maybe you were going sam i was gonna say this is where i heard all this the fun stuff started in the pay-per-view yeah this is when shit started to happen after roxy starts celebrating 
Diana Perrazzo shows up. Music hits. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Diana challenges Roxy for the ROH Women's Championship after she takes on Mickey James at Hard to Kill. Diana's taking all the belts. <laughs> or, or, and this is the kicker. If Diana wins against Mickey James, this match will be a winner takes all. This could be the moment Roxy decides to just take everything and just skyrockets. And I will be on that ride with her. Holy shit. What if... No, we're going to continue this because I, I want to I play around with some things now because there's more of what's going on here. And I want to propose something, but let's continue. I know we have three more matches to talk about here. Uh, the next match was an eight-man tag match between uh, V Lance Unlimited, uh, which is Brody King Homicide and uh, Tordy Deppin uh, with Rocker Romero taking on EC3, uh, Eli Isom, Taylor Rust, and Tracy Williams. And I got to say, when EC3 made his entrance, I'm like, my God, your abs can make Finn Balor blush. I Holy saw that. Christ. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> um, it was just ridiculous. And this match was literally an ode to everybody who came before them in ROH. They hit Finishing moves from people that I'd forgotten were in ROH. It was great. Um, major, major, um, like, plug to the announcers and the commentators for calling back these matches and saying who they who used to use these moves. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Uh, but VNC Unlimited end up getting the victory here. After that, EC3 gets the mic. And then more stuff starts to happen he effectively calls for a call to arms for anybody who feels oppressed by corporate wrestling as he calls it um well he's true uh he's they're not bound to any three word wrestling company uh, three letter wrestling companies they're here to take back and control the narrative and i'm just like oh, here we go we start seeing people start to file in in the back and I notice Alexander Wolf. I'm like, oh great. All right, that's another person I actually know. This is this is this is fun. And then I believe it was Eli Eason that was in the ring still. Uh and EC3 said, release the Titan. And then for those of you who recognize this man, the man formerly known as Braun Strowman showed up. And destroyed everybody that outside of EC3's group. Yep. So then that shock happens. The internet explodes. I'm like freaking out because I thought this was fit. This was this. These last like four matches were the reason why I was so very happy to buy this pay per view. <laughs> no offense to the other ones, but the just the, the constant stuff that happened was just. Setting those, planting those seeds, and it's just, yeah. So, after the destruction happens to VLANCE Unlimited, every member of EC3's little group picks up a person, and they walk out with them. So, EC3's narrative were his, well, they, they, they say that they're not a faction. They're just trying to open everybody's eyes. Well, it looks like they just gained three more people. So, we'll see. Who knows? It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And that was the thing when you, you, I think that's when you initially texted me. Yeah. 
That was the, the one we freaked out. Yeah. The, the yeah. When I when I just text you three capital letters, say <laughs> something's happening. And again, this is the la- last Ring of Honor show. Yep. So we, I, this we, this plan to talk about here. Um, like we but, don't know where he's going to show up now, and with all these extra people that they've taken. <laughs> so it's. What if Ring of Honor becomes a governing body? Rather than a company. They become the new NWA. I don't know. They had that power. They were the driving force of the independent scene. It's true. I don't know. There's a lot of lot of good things coming. Um, our semi-made event tag team match for the ROH Tag Team Championships. It was them boys, Briscoe Brothers, taking on the OGK, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett. Who actually brought back Maria for this match? Uh, we got to listen to the old theme, something about you, and I was just like, yes. Um, outstanding match. Obviously, the Briscoes, you really, there's nothing you can't say that already hasn't been said about this group. And it was real nice to see Matt Taven and Mike Bennett actually having a wrestling match. Um, at one point, I believe, uh, Bennett speared his own wife on the apron, which was kind of hilarious. Um, and then the Briscoes got the win. Uh, it took them multiple finishers to get Taven to stay down, but the Briscoes win and they become the 12 time ROH champions, uh, tag team champions. Um, very fitting, but then the lights go out, Sam. More shenanigans. More shenanigans. And I'm just like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden the lights come back on and you just see a fist. And FTR shows up. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) So Risco's on one end, FTR on the other. They've been talking so much trash to one another over the last three weeks. And then somebody just like threw that light. That you know that like that that match into this ring and fire. Both teams just start beating the hell out of one another. They're fighting inside and outside of the ring. They brought in security, other wrestlers. It didn't matter. They were fighting. FTR gets in the ring, grabs the belts, and of course, at that point, I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, they put the belts down at the end, and the Briscoes are trying to get their belts back. And FTR then dives, goes out the sides, comes out, brawls some more, and I'm freaking out even more. I was uh, this for me was highlight of the night for a surprise uh, debut, I guess. Um, because you and I had been talking about this, how we need to see the Briscoes and FTR fight. It looks like obviously now this is going to happen. Where? Probably AEW, I would assume. Will the ROH Tag Team Championships be on the line? I hope these titles are still defended, even though the company is on quote unquote hiatus. I don't know. But yeah. 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 So then we had our main event. Obviously, Bandito, who is the current ROH champion, had tested positive for COVID-19, so he was not able to appear. So at the last minute, Tony Khan graciously allowed Jay Lethal to go back to Ring of Honor. Because at first, Jay Lethal was not supposed to be part of this show. He had yep. said openly since he signed that he would not come back. But for this match... 
it was Jay Lethal versus John Grisham for the original Ring of Honor World Championship. The big old ROH red letters, the title belt that I remember. This was also the first time I've ever seen Jonathan Grisham wrestle. And I understand now. I understand now why people are, are so in love with this man. And these two put on the wrestling match of the night. Just, they worked body parts. They both were technical submission stuff. You could see, like, the work that Jonathan Grisham was doing on Jay Lethal's arm. He couldn't do the lethal injection halfway through the match. It was just, it was flawless. This was a flawless match. Within, like, the last minute, the entire ROH locker room emptied out. And they're all smashing the apron, just rooting these two men on. And Grisham able to get Jay Lethal to submit to the octopus stretch. And I was just like, what a fitting end. Grisham pops up after the submission, all obviously super excited. They give him the belt. Jordan Grace was there. She was in the ring with him. Uh, so was Baron, uh, Baron Black, I guess, was another close friend of his. And it was just a beautiful way to end this show and to end the era for ROH. What happens now come April, I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. But if this is the end, this was a fantastic way to send them off. Now, I know that they, they still have their Christmas special that they have that, that's already been taped and that will be coming out as well. But this was the, I believe, the end of their live wrestling and a very fitting way for this to go out. Yeah, this is and it was it's weird to this is where there are questions that are going to be had, especially with Deanna Perrazzo mm-hmm. and FTR. Well, FTR kind of makes sense because they've been teasing it. So they already can have a feud elsewhere. Yeah, we already know where it's actually. They could have feud in two different places, tactically. Yeah, they could wrestle in AEW. They can go to AAA. They can also go to GCW because the Brisco- Briscoes are also the tag team champions over there as well. So they have options. So this one kind of makes sense. This is a storyline that's starting that's can't continue it's been going through. Yeah, for almost a month now, which is but wonderful in its own right. The Titan Adam Shear showing up. Yep. Which probably was the least expected. Yeah, definitely did not expect that whatsoever. And now you're with EC3, who's formed what looks like uh, this faction. The massive group now. They don't want to call themselves a faction. There was a video that, that came out this morning. Uh, I should have sent it to you, but um, it was just EC3 explaining basically what they are and how they're, they're, they're not here to be, you know, invaders. They're here to set people free. It's just, yeah. If I can find it, I'll send it to you so you can see it. But there's, there's that almost sounds there's, like violent by design in a little bit. Almost. Just uh almost. you know, just a little sprinkling of ideas there. But yeah, this even with the show that they have scheduled in April, there's still a lot of and as you can see, my glasses have come off since we've talked about this. I thought there was a very in- intimate moment we need to discuss about. <laughs> I'm really curious what happens. Yeah. I still stick by my governing body statement. I think that's a good idea. I do. Or like, like your government bar, governing bar body slash your like 
come back and do what you were doing, but be able to do it where all this other talent can come in. Kind of like a um like almost an open door policy. Uh, a heavy open door policy where it's an independent promotion still, but it's okay, so AEW does technically two shows a week, not including the tape stuff. You're able to go to Ring of Honor, you're able to do these tours like War of the Worlds, Global Wars, you go to Final Battle, you're able to do these events. But it's almost like a an op- it's one of those opportunities where, yeah, you're signed to AEW, you can do whatever you want, but if nothing sticks out for you, hey, here's another promotion that we run. Right. That you have a chance to like hone in your skills and, you know, be part of something if you don't feel like you're getting enough TV time on like Dynamite. Right. And then you could do like co-promoted shows. I don't know. It's really emo- like 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 the fact that we're now talking about what is potentially the the last Ring of Honor event. Yeah. And that we finished talking about it. Yep. Now it's setting it. Yeah. Like I remember after after the show ended last night, I just sat on my couch and just kind of stared at the television. You know, and I'm just like. That could be it. That could be the end of it. Like, I remember going back um, when I was younger, just randomly putting on television, like, changing channels at, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. God knows why I'm up, but I'm up. And I remember seeing ROH. And I'm just like, oh, another wrestling promotion. This is interesting. Why is it on so late? But whatever, I'm still going to watch it. And who's sitting in the ring? Kevin Steen. This was the goodbye to Kevin Steen episode. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, because the moment he started talking, I'm like, where's he going? I immediately was like, I need to know where this man is going. (laughs) Because I was not a big person in the indies when I was younger. Like, I honestly didn't really understand like where they came from i just i just i didn't have a lot of friends that were really into wrestling i was kind of on my own um at my age trying to figure out what was around just randomly that's how i discovered ecw back in the day same thing just flipping the channels late at night and oh what's this oh another wrestling promotion oh let's see what this is about yeah and i especially with somebody like uh i mean i mean the only thing you had like at that point in time was what tna tna was a thing um i i was wcw in in wwe that was my life that's what i thought wrestling was when i was younger i didn't have a damn clue about new japan i didn't know about anything in in mexico nothing in canada the like the indies no idea i didn't find out about the indie scene until i went to college and that was in the early 2000s and i'm like holy christ what have i just discovered why did i not know about this when i was younger and I hate myself for it because I wish I would have gone out and did more digging so that way I could discover more stuff. Because I've watched wrestling for 30 plus years, but I feel like I've only watched it for like 10. Because now I'm able to see a whole lot more stuff. And, you know, like meeting you, like all of a sudden now I'm just like, I have a plethora of more stuff that I want to talk about with wrestling because Sam watches it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <sighs> this is a moment. Yeah. This is a moment. This is something I think I'm even right now that we've stopped talking about. I'm like sitting here just thinking. Well, what I will say 
is if anyone from that company is listening to this podcast, we definitely want to thank you for your incredible contribution for the past almost 20 years. Yep, absolutely. You know, Ring of Honor was definitely something that changed, helped me change my perspective. And uh, wrestling isn't just sports entertainment. Right. You know, I've been to three Ring of Honor shows. I enjoyed every single one of them. Mm-hmm. It introduced, helped me introduce me to New Japan, the Bullet Club, pretty much all AEW. Without Ring of Honor, we wouldn't have AEW. That's right. So we're hoping everyone uh, hope for the best, and we know it's things are going to get better. Whether Ring of Honor is there or not, the industry's growing. The industry is stupid right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, CM Punk said it best uh, during his video thing. He's like, "Don't be mad that it's gone. Be happy that it happened." And I'm just like, that makes so much sense. You know, let's yeah, we could all be upset because that's really how the internet wrestling community has been lately. They're just mad at everything. Um, be happy that we were able to watch this, whether you've watched it for 20 years or last night was the first time you were able to watch ROH. Be happy. You got to see some great people. I got to be introduced myself watching wrestling for 30 plus years. I was able to be introduced to people last night that I'm like, I need to know where these people go now because I will follow them. I will watch them. I will see what happens. And that for me Watching wrestling for so long and being being so enthralled in a show of people, a lot of people that I did not know, that makes me very happy. And it gives me new life to enjoy wrestling even more. It's an art. It is. It truly is. When your favorite band breaks up, you don't ever sit there and be like, well, that's it for music. Right. You know, you see, look for other bands, you look for other albums. You generally see what these other artists go out and create. I will use... Probably a very famous uh, suggestion. Uh, uh, ver- Nirvana. Let's look at Nirvana. You know, Kurt Cobain did what he did back in 94. And, you know, Nirvana fans, and they said that was the death of rock and roll, which I guess in sense, I mean, you can make that argument. But here comes the drummer of Nirvana, Dave Grohl. He wants to write an album with a new band. And 25 years later, let me tell you, the Foo Fighters are still one of the best bands out in the world. And there's other people he's worked with who's introduced. And, you know, he's worked with the younger people. And, you know, he's influenced other people who've made other music. Just just one example I like to share because it's art. It's art. We appreciate this as an art. We, we love do. this. And Ring of Honor has sh- shown how impactful and how amazing art can be when it's done correctly. Yep. That being said, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As we said, next week is going to be our last episode before Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Uh, last ATR show of 2021. Scott and I will have a little lowdown of our plans going into 2022. We'll talk about winter is coming. And guys, as always, don't forget, if you're not already do so, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find my, us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as Above the Ring. You can find myself as the SOB official and Scott Scotty J stream on Twitter as well. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's something that you cannot find us on, like a Discord, <laughs> cough, cough, uh, please let us know and we can throw ourselves on there. If you don't already do so, if when you do, when you decide to do so, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why us, Ship It Studios, our partnership, Back to the Ring, wrestling podcast you guys need to check out is the podcast and network of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well 
Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.